not working. What was that noise? I see something outside. Don't go out there! Prepare yourselves for a dark and twisted tale. Wanna play a game? How long can you survive? What are you doing? This is the wrong movie. Um, Mr. Salmon. Nope. Try again. Uh, they're after me gold? No. So not Leprechaun? No. Not Halloween? No. And not Friday the 13th? No. Hmm. What's another very iconic and classic horror movie? The Exorcist. Close? Oh, oh, I know. Um, Dream Master. Okay, you're getting closer. Okay. Um, when Darkness Falls with the Tooth Fairy. No, I'll give you a hint. Okay. One, two, da-da-da-da-da-da. Three, four, better lock the door. Oh, you don't even know the one-two part? It's one-two, Freddy's coming for you. No, I know that. Oh. I just didn't want to give you that big of a hint. Oh, it made it sound like you didn't know what the one-two <laughs> was, and you just did, you knew the next line. <laughs> one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock the door. Five, six, grab a crucifix. Seven, eight, stay up late. Nine, ten. Ooh, I'll never, never sleep, sleep again. Ah, oh, there you go. Bravo. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the original and the remake. The trash remake. <clears throat> okay, it wasn't that bad compared to the original, but... The original is yeah. goddamn beautiful. Wes Craven is a mastermind of horror. R.I.P. Everyone, I mean, I guess if you listen to this podcast, you know how much of a fan I am of Wes Craven. <laughs> 100%. Yes. You know, they, uh, they butchered his son. <laughs> they killed his, his boy. <laughs> his baby. <laughs> so for those that don't know and have never seen the classic Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it is about a man named Freddy Krueger who is a pedophile that was killed by a bunch of parents that were angry when they found out that he was molesting their kids. Very dark stuff. But then, years later, once all the kids are teenagers now, Freddy comes back from the grave as a dream demon, essentially, and haunts their nightmares and kills them in their sleep. And then you have a bunch of sequels where, you know, it's, they're all pretty ridiculous and funny. Yeah. Freddy Krueger's a hilarious character. One of them, he's actually going against uh, Jason, which I believe we've done a podcast episode on, too. Oh, yeah. We've talked about Freddy vs. Jason before. Yeah. We also bring up Nightmare on Elm Street a lot, but we've never done an actual designated episode for it. I know. Yeah. It's crazy about stuff. time. It is about time. <laughs> the reason we're doing this episode is because we watched the remake recently, and Tori's never seen it, and I just wanted to show her just, you know, what I think about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> But, Again, I would give it, like, a C, at least. Like, it's not, like, the best, but it's not the worst. No, I've definitely seen worse remakes. Before we get more into the episode, though, I would first like to uh, say sorry for the past couple weeks. We've been a little bit behind on episodes. There's been a lot of technical difficulties. 
I was supposed to get a new computer. Then we actually did this episode, recorded it on that computer, but then there was an issue with the computer. So I had to wipe it and send it back. And by the time I sent it back, I forgot that the episode was on it. So. So we lost this episode. So now we're redoing it. Right. But hopefully um, it will be fixed by maybe not next week, but the week after. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. My laptop's been giving me problems, but I can still edit on it for now. But we would just like to, again, say sorry to our listeners, and we're really trying to stick to our Wednesday schedule. Yeah, we definitely have a lot more episodes planned out, and we really do appreciate you guys sticking by with us. And yeah, hopefully we'll do you proud. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully we can scare you with some of these things. Nah, I can't imagine scary movie reviews being that scary. <laughs> I wouldn't say scare. I would just say entertain. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're here to entertain. Yeah, not just with these movie reviews, but any stories that we do uh, research on. Even our own stories. Yeah. Yes. All right, so that being said, Tori, what is your favorite scene in the original Nightmare on Elm Street and the remake? Ooh. Um, I think in the original, one of my favorite scenes would have to be when the female best friend dies and they did the whole like 360 room and she's like yes. on the ceiling that is absolutely my favorite death in the original end scene because Wes Craven put so much time building a giant revolving room and it was amazing the way he did it it was such a brutal death you see the girl being dragged up the wall and sliding on the ceiling and just blood everywhere and the boyfriend's panicked look is just such a terrifying scene. And it really sets the movie. It was really good for that time, too. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the version they did in the remake did not compare. She, Katie Cassidy got thrown around a little bit and then just slashed open. It wasn't nearly as brutal as the original. No. But in the remake, I would say my favorite scene... Yeah, I don't think I really have a favorite scene or like a favorite death that says a lot for this movie <laughs> i mean it could be one of two things one the stuff just was not that memorable or two everything was absolutely amazing that i can't pick a favorite but it's probably number one <laughs> <laughs> yeah my biggest issue with the remake was that they did this whole storyline where they made it seem like Freddie was an innocent guy. You know, that he was wrongfully accused of molesting the kids and the parents just took it way far overboard and murdered him. Yeah, instead of being just, I want to say just a neighbor, like in the first one, they actually made him a well, no, in janitor where um, all of the kids went to school. That, that's how it was in the original. Was it? Yep. I don't remember that as much. Yeah, they were little kids out of school, and he worked out of school. All right, I should say I do and I don't like the aspect of how he's coming after the children. Um, and what do you mean? literally one by one, like they have a class picture that um, the main girl finds, and she basically has been doing all of this research on, you know, who's still alive, who isn't, how did they die. And that is a good aspect to it where it's showing that it's not just these kids that she's friends with, it's these classmates that she does not remember. 
and all of their deaths are like, oh, fell asleep at the wheel or um, accidental drowning or, you know, stuff like that. That's like such a classic horror movie thing where like someone goes to a library and just starts researching the, the, uh, the supernatural thing coming after him. I seriously thought at one point that they were going to turn him into like a demon because the main girl's love interest, Quentin, you see him going through these books and you see all of this demonic like pictures and rituals and texts and all of that stuff. So I'm like, oh, like, are they going to go through that route? Well, it kind of is the same way. They do a lot more in-depth background on Freddy in the original series. There's a moment where he's in the burning building where he, like, sells his souls to, like, these demon things. And that's kind of how he gets the dream powers. Mm-hmm. I need to show you some of the other ones because, I mean, they're terrible. They're not great, but they're really entertaining. I mean, I'd be down. Another thing, though, about the movie that really irritated me was Katie Cassidy's role. I love Katie Cassidy. She does a lot of good stuff, you know, all the DC things. I love her earlier horror movies that she was in. Like, Black Christmas is one of my favorites. I watch every Christmas. But my biggest complaint with that was that they took her character and made it seem like she was the main character. Like, we were introduced to Nancy, but Nancy was just kind of in the background while we focused on Katie Cassidy. Up until she gets killed in, on the ceiling and in the bedroom scene. And then Nancy takes over. But that's like a whole fourth of the movie where it's, it kind of makes you be like, well, why was she bothered as the, as the protagonist, really? Namesake. Yeah. She was probably, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which she did do good for the dialogue that she and the other actors were given. Um, they did an okay job with acting. Um, yeah, they're not terrible actors at all. It was just the story and the way they just kind of... Some of the lines, too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, I do kind of feel bad for them in, in that aspect where, you know, I know as an actress, if I'm giving, if I'm giving lines that I don't know what to say or how to say it, it comes off very awkward. And I feel like that's kind of what it was like in this one. Like, they have a few, like, good one-liners. But most of the time, like, it's just meh for dialogue. Nothing really sticks. Right. That also shows, like, a huge difference between the Nancys in the original and this one. Because in the original, Nancy is, like, very quick. She's very kind of, like, in her mom and dad's face the entire time. Like, this person exists and she doesn't quit. And then when she faces Freddy at the end, she is one of the most badass final girls creating booby traps to take on this supernatural force when she brings them to the real world. No other final girl does that. Lori from Halloween just runs around, occasionally attacks Michael, and then is like, oh, I did it. And then gets attacked again. <laughs> she doesn't become awesome until later on in the sequels like H2O and even the remake of Halloween that just came out in the last couple of years. Yeah, but instead in this remake, they go back to the school, which apparently Freddy has been giving them these visions in their dreams to kind of to kind of make them remember what happened. 
So they go to the school to remember everything and to figure out, you know, is he an innocent man or not? And they figure out, like, no, he actually did molest these kids and molest us. You know, they do the whole, like, fall asleep and try and, like, drag him, like, to, like, the real world type of thing. And there is a little bit of a battle, but one issue I do have, (laughs) because it is so unrealistic, is that damn... Paper cutter? (laughs) Yeah. The boyfriend basically easily breaks off this paper cutter to use as, like, a knife, sword, axe, whatever the hell you want to call it. Something sharp. And in the X amount of years, let's say it's 10 years since they've been at school, that thing should not have been rusted that much and come off that easily. And if so, that metal is going to be dull as hell, and you're not going to use it as a weapon. It's not going to do anything to hurt him. I mean, it would still hurt swinging it at him. But well, they yeah, straight but up then, cut off his arm or his hand. And it's not just a, like, takes a few chops. It's one oh, yeah, slice, slice through. And I'm like, that's not realistic. That would not have happened. Yeah. At least the original Nancy set up a hammer trap. When you open the door, a hammer hit him in the stomach. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a good thing. That is a really good scene, too, in the original. Yeah. And you, and you never saw that in, like, those 80 slasher flicks. That's what made Nancy, like, Heather Langenkamp, I, I think I mispronounced her last name, but she was fantastic. She did a good job. She came back for the third one, which wasn't as good, but still good. And then she also did New Nightmare, which is when Wes Craven came back to do Freddy. Mm-hmm. And I need to show you that one, because that one's super good, too. What do you think about the Freddies? Like, obviously, no one can compare to Robert England. But how do you think Jackie Earl Haley did? You know, he's all right. He didn't have the fun, charismatic side that Robert England has in the role. Because for Freddy, the character itself is enjoying torturing and messing with the kids. Because the more he messes with them, the stronger he gets. And for Jackie Earl Haley, I mean, he just kind of talks like this. (laughs) And I was just like, that's not really creepy. That's weird. Yeah, which I will say, something that I even pointed out to you during the movie, that could be because of the prosthetics. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like a burnt skin thing. Yeah, which when your skin burns, it does tighten. He possibly didn't have enough mouth movement. Yeah, to where he could actually talk better. Well, and have more fun with the character, like... Without risk of ripping the prosthetics. Yeah. But, and again, I think that's... I mean, that could be one issue, but that could also not be the case. Also. Well, it could also be a directorial Or an actor choice. Exactly. And either way, it comes down to it where he was just not exciting or fun to watch. And that's the whole thing with Freddy, is that he's entertaining. I want to say Robert England was a more fun psychopath. Where Jackie Earl Haley was more of a sadistic, sexual type of Freddy Krueger. Like, he really did play on that, like... Pedophile aspect. Yeah, like, he's going after Nancy. Nancy is his favorite. I can't say I do love that they redid the claw scene of of Nancy in the bathtub and the claw coming up out of the water. Mm. I was okay with them doing that. 
I would have been disappointed if they didn't add that scene because, you know, that's, that was like in the trailers. <laughs> like it's, it's an iconic scene. It really is. Honestly, though, I do think Robert England's makeup was a lot more entertaining also. <laughs> because Wes Craven, and I think it was one of the producers, I, they literally went to a pizza shop and they ordered pizza and they're like, this, this is Freddy's face. <laughs> it's a better story. Yeah, kind of like how uh, how Michael Myers is actually, was it James T. Kirk? Yeah, Captain Kirk mask that they just yeah. bleached a bunch and beat the hell out of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. That's the whole thing about the 80s is they didn't have all the CGI, so they had to be a lot more creative with how they did things. And that's why these slasher films, they last so long. You know, they're so much fun because there's a lot of impressive work that was put into them. Whereas this one, you know, it used a lot of CGI, which isn't bad. Like, CGI is very important in movies now if you want a more realistic look. But it's just, it's not the same, you know? Okay. One thing that I do want to bring up is uh, when Quentin almost drowns in the pool. Uh-huh. And how nonchalant... <laughs> the coach was. <laughs> yeah, just, are you Okay. I almost drowned. No, I'm not okay. I'm freaking out. <laughs> Walk it off, son. <laughs> Just a whole group of people around him. And all the coach can say is, are you okay? Yeah, he did not Just... sound concerned at all. Oh, God, no. And then the parents, how suspicious they are from the beginning. Like, they're not telling their kids, like, anything, which... I get is to keep Freddie away. No, they know nothing about Freddie. It's because they don't want their kids to remember the horrible past. Oh, true. But still, like... Also, they don't want to get found out as murderers. (laughs) True. Like, can you imagine that conversation? So, uh, Tori, the reason this person is uh, no longer in your life is because we actually murdered them because they were um, a pedophile. Like, imagine having that conversation with your kid. I, I don't blame them for trying to not remember it. Okay, one last thing before we go, though. The hospital scene and how easy it is to get that adrenaline. Oh, my God, yeah. He's just or the walking or around the hallway waiting for Nancy because she got injured. And then, oh, there's a nurse's cart unattended. Let me just go in here and take all his medical supplies. Such crap. How he did not get stopped, I... Nope, don't buy it. No, and how the mom literally, like, almost signed off, basically on her daughter's death. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she didn't know that it would have been her daughter's death, but, you know, putting her under for a few stitches. Just, no, bad mom. Yeah, and then we get to see the pharmacy scene where, like, you know, she gets attacked, and then no one in the pharmacy comes around to help her except Quentin. Yeah, like... She's screaming bloody murder. And when he takes the, was it the gauze or the wrap right or whatever? The yeah, just opens it right there, which actually that is kind of realistic because I have seen empty boxes of stuff at like CVS and stuff, which sucks, but. Is what it is, man. Yeah. Probably one of the most realistic things about this movie. Now, let's compare the final jump scares in each movie. I mean, I don't think Wes Craven would have liked either. No. Because... He didn't want a final jump scare. No. 
and even the jump scare that he wanted, they just added more to it and made it look horrible with the whole, like, the car scene coming down um, that's in Freddy's colors and then the mom getting dragged in, like, Through to the, the door. door. Like, the little door window. Oh, God. And then this one... Instead of getting dragged through the door, Nancy goes home with her mom after a long night. And the mom's, like, apologizing or whatever, puts her keys down on the table. The mirror behind her, like, shatters because you see Freddy in there. Pulling her in. Yeah. And then, magically, any of the blood that you see that comes out, gone. No trace of it. No trace of the mom. No trace of any... Like, broken blood. glass. Like, just completely fixed. You do, in fact, see the blood. <laughs> the mirror gets fixed. But Nancy gets covered in a little bit of blood, and you see some of the blood on the mirror as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh-uh. Take that. That just shows how memorable it is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Craven definitely didn't want to do a final scare. He was, he was pushed into it. That came out in, like, a documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street. It's, like, a four-hour documentary I watched one time. It went through, like, every single movie and, like, the behind-the-scenes, and they brought back the actors to talk about it. It was really good. The thing with that was that Wes wanted it to, like you said, just have the kids get in the car... And, you know, you see Freddy's colors pop up on the convertible, and then they drive away. And that's supposed to signify, like, oh, you know, he could still be there. But, you know, horror movies always want to do sequels with their serial killers, so they have to put in that final jump scare. Which, literally, the colors themselves could have been that segue into a, a second film. Right. Like, that shows, like, like you said... That he is still there. Right, and that could make the audience question, oh my god, is he still alive or not? Yeah, Which, you don't have to pull the mom in for a death like that. Right. And that kind of goes with the uh, the movie It Follows. It, it's that same type of ending where at the end you don't know whether or not the monster's dead, but you see the, the boy and the girl walking down the street, and you just see someone behind them walking, and you don't know whether or not that's a random person or the monster. I love horror movies that really make you question and think about it afterwards. They're, they're a lot more profound. Well, and It Follows, like... Even if they did get rid of it at that point, like, it would still come back, I want to say. Maybe. Unless, did they actually try and kill the creature? Oh, yeah, no, they killed it in the pool, and then you just see all they the did. blood coming out. Or you think you, they killed it, but you don't know. That's, what, that's what's so great about the ending, because True. now they're living their whole lives not knowing whether or not this creature's going to come back after them. See, if I was in a horror movie, I would just... <laughs> I would just prepare for the evil thing to come back after me. Like, I would prepare, like, how Lori did in the remake of Halloween. Yeah. Like, I just... <laughs> That's a rule of thumb for horror movies. You can never actually kill the bad guy. They always come back. Another Wes Craven movie example is Scream. <laughs> Her boyfriend gets stabbed a bunch of times, gets back up. Shot in the head. Never really did. Yeah, but even then, like, Ghostface still comes back in the second one as different people. Right. And in the third. And in this coming up remake. Like, you can never... Once the idea is out there, you cannot kill it. Right. Ha. Huh. Such good stuff. I love Wes Craven and the original Nightmare on Elm Street, not the remake. 
There's a reason it didn't get a sequel. Sadly. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Sorry again for the... Uh, Delayed podcasts yes. and everything. We're going to try and do our best to get things back on time again. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. See ya.